When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all over the globe, intergalactic, wherever you may be hearing this golden voice, this is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. You know, I'm going to say next, it's the number one podcast for the game development lifestyle and anything related to game development or indie games. I'm your host, Larry Charles, and I brought with me, fresh off the tour bus, being the third place runner up for the Vietnam, Beijing, or was it the Rio Olympics diving team, Mr. Brandon Pham? Yes, I just got a free vacation, and now I'm back. Uh, this is Brandon Pham with you this week. It's bringing a special guest, Josh Coons. What up, Josh? How you doing, Josh? Thanks for joining us. Oh, pleasure's all mine. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. So for the oh. guests... Who don't know, Josh is also a fellow AI graduate who has gone well into the game industry to do some awesome things. Uh, Mr. Coons, if you don't mind introducing yourself to the audience, could you possibly go over your resume from like college to where you are now? Uh, yeah, Josh Coons, uh, AIOC alumni, mm-hmm. um, digital games, uh, it's software, a little bit of a little bit of gorilla. Uh, a little bit of freelance and uh, currently residing at the uh, uh, Cloud Imperium Games under the uh, Robert Space Industries umbrella working on Star Citizen. All right. Nice, man. How are you liking it over there? It's fun, man. It's like uh, if studios were bands, uh, this one is, uh, I guess it'd be like a punk band. Like all the fans are crazy and and it's uh, it's fast paced and uh, and brutal. Oh damn! Yeah, I like it. Okay, well, shit. I didn't know it was brutal, but I thought like you guys are printing money over there, man. So I was like, oh, that's the sweet lick right there. And they, you know, like before going into it, I thought like, oh man, this is like. Uh, I mean, what in- what made me interested at first was the fact that, uh, you know, they have no publisher. Mm-hmm. It's completely crowdsourced and. To me, initially, that screamed like no job security, <laughs> but I've never felt more secure in my life. Uh, and I've worked at, you know, like high pedigree studios that have been around since the 80s. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, over there, I don't know, it just clicked. The interview clicked. I clicked with all the people. It's, um, I enjoy, I highly enjoy going to that job every day. Man, that's I awesome. Say, Everyone... I can say it totally, like, honestly. You're one of the lucky ones, man. So they are printing money then. Yes. <laughs> they got the world they got the world record for uh, Guinness World Book of Record for largest crowdsource anything ever of all time. Yeah. And that was the last time they counted it. I think it was like 80, 86 mil or something like that. Damn. That there's that I don't think that's gonna be beat in my lifetime. 
I'm, I'm waiting for like, I don't know, like Elon Musk or something to do a SpaceX crowdsource. It'll be something like that. Something, oh, gotcha. we, something yeah. crazy. That'll, that'll be a game studio. So I'm going to help the audience a little bit and say one of the reasons why I knew Josh early on was because I, I just so happened to glance over his shoulder one day and see his art portfolio. You were probably one of the best artists to the like comic style that I had seen personally. And uh, then when I found out that you went to Vigil, ja- Vigil James, Vigil Games, working with Joe Matt, I was like, well, duh, like that, that's a perfect fit. And what was it like, I guess, going over there, like starting your career out? Well, before I even got there, funny story was uh, I used to go to the sketch group with some of the other guys from uh, from school, mm-hmm. and uh, I was currently I just finished uh, a Blizzard art test. Oh yeah, uh, I remember this. I was currently I was at the time in the middle of doing a Bethesda art test, which was for uh, the original Fallout Three before it even came out. Um, I got halfway through that, and um, I still to this day do not know where this came from, but uh, I just got a call out of the blue. It was Christian Leitner, uh, the art director over at, at Vigil. He's um, uh, worked for Marvel alongside Joe doing coloring uh, for him. Really mm-hmm. good, really good digital painter. Uh, I think he's over at Blizzard right now. He's art director over there on Diablo. He was on Diablo 3 art director. And uh, he called me up. Uh, you know, did the basic interview thing. Asked me if I was art testing. I said, yeah. And he's like, all right, hold on one second. And then he just, like, called me back, made an offer. And I was like, shit, I guess I got to move to Austin. So... <laughs> I take this information to the sketch group and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's called Vigil Games. They didn't tell me anything that they're working on. They just said, you know, trust me, you'll, you'll dig it. If I remember correctly, he was like, it's, it's not a fucking war game. It's not a fucking racing game. <laughs> I forgot what the other trendy thing at the time was, but that was the third thing. Like World War II shooters at that time. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. So he's like, you'll, you'll dig it. Just trust me. So I'm talking to the other guys in the sketch group and uh, like, yeah, Vigil Games. And they were like, with Joe Mann? I'm all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought up, yeah, Joe Mann. And they were like, you know who that is, right? I'm all like, that sounds familiar. And they're like, you don't know who Joe Mann is? And I'm all like. I was like, yeah, kicked out of sketch group, I guess. I was like, well, every, I, it was that moment where everybody was like, oh, and they like threw their pencils in the air. And they're like, Joe fucking mad. Battle Chasers. When they said X Men, uh, okay, the X Men Apocalypse, oh, yeah. that's when I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm terrible with names. I'm terrible with names, but uh, I had that whole series and drew it religiously. I was copying that dude's stuff. Yeah. Unbeknownst. And then uh, I instantly knew, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to work for a guy that I've been referencing. Yeah since early so i don't know if that had something to do with it but i still don't know why because i didn't apply there and as far as i know nobody at the school was like sending my portfolio out and i wasn't really putting myself out there like there was no art station back then there was no i wasn't on any websites or anything so uh, online community whatsoever 
that you know of? Like DVD no. or something? Uh, no, I just had... Um, I can tell you what happened. I don't even know if my blog spot was up. Oh, just so you did you did two art tests, right? And this is early industry. Somebody probably saw your stuff and was like, this kind of reminds me of Joe Mad. And was like, well, we don't we may not make an offer, but I know that he might be good for them. So maybe somebody internally threw you a bone, you know what I mean? If you yeah. can't point it to anything else, that's all I can think of. Like a friend of a friend. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, Oh man, this gotta be great. And they're looking for they're looking for positions over there in Austin. I'm gonna call up my buddy that I know. Shit, I'm trying to make a connection now. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's that's a good. One. I didn't think about that. Well, yeah, let me ask. Crazy. Yeah, let me ask you this, man. Yeah. Uh, getting there, right? Working at Vigil, seeing the project for the first time. Uh, I saw you doing 3D. You know what I mean? So, where was the conversion? I guess from 2D to 3D while you were there. Uh, yeah. Originally, I wanted to be. I mean, I was like, I'm going to be concept artist. <laughs> I'm going to be a concept artist. And then I quit that the day I met uh, Paul Richards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy is a fucking beast. Uh, I could see. I saw what he did, how fast he did it, and how good he did it, how dedicated mm-hmm. he was. And I was just like, nope. <laughs> And then uh, that's when I was really getting into 3D. Uh, ZBrush was just coming out, which was a lot more artsy than, you know, 3 Studio Max and Maya was at the time. Um, ironically, um, everything in my portfolio was characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, well, we don't have any character stuff, but you can do environments if you want. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do environments. And as a matter of fact, Every job I've had after that has been for a position where I had none of that in my portfolio. <laughs> weird. Yeah, I had no spaceships. But I do spaceships now. And I uh, had no hard surface props, like traditional hard surface, uh, uh, what do you call it, sub-demodeling, yeah. none of that stuff. And that's, that, was, that was my head job. So people just see your stuff and they're like, wow, this guy's awesome at characters. We should hire him to be an environment artist. And then they're like, damn, this guy's dope in environments. We should hire him to do spaceships. I think with Vigil, it was just like, I guess my style was close. Mm -hmm. So they were like, okay, and he's new. So we can get for cheap. And that guy's definitely, he's like 50% there on the style wise. Mm -hmm. And I guess they weren't afraid to hire someone who's new that uh, had had the style that far. So I guess they saw it as like, yeah, that guy could be trained easy. Oh, nice. That's that's my guess. Uh, it was, I knew a lot of people over there. The art test was a, uh, oh my God, never doing that again. Art <laughs> test is brutal. Um, well, speaking of art tests, actually, I, I I want you to put this rumor to bed for me. But I heard a story about you that I thought was hilarious. Yeah. So, and I'll let you fill in the names. But I heard that you were doing an art test for a company, right? They asked you to design like a boss monster or some shit, and you did the art test, and yeah. they're like, oh, "Nah, man, we think we're gonna pass." But then less than like eight, nine months later, you saw like the spitting image of your art test actually alive in their game. Oh yeah. That was blizzy. <laughs> it is true. I still have that work. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like a blight bog monster kind of guy. And then 
it wasn't until I think it was the first expansion. Mm-hmm. And I was running around in the expansion, and there was a model in there. I was like, mm. it had the it had the proportions, and then this surface texture that I was going for, and then like it was like the head was changed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that's interesting. Um, on the on the other hand, I have done. Uh, other than the in one, uh, the only other art test that I ever did was like a, a paid one, which mm-hmm. I think should be the standard. Yeah, totally. Like they're like, "Yo, you're gonna art test, and uh, whether it's good or not, we're totally gonna use it, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, we'll pay for it." Which is great, especially for people who you know have a full time job already. Like doing those art tests are they get pretty gnarly when you're working full time. That's some creative producer at Blizzard. Like, oh damn, we're behind. We need two more monsters for this area. Let's give an art test. So the art <laughs> test was a like an original character type of thing, or was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, they just said um, uh, the first uh, art test was um, make anything you want for the uh, that would live in the Blizzard universe, mm-hmm. uh, whichever one you want. Very, uh, you know, allowed me to be creative. So I picked WoW because I knew that's probably where I'd be. And then uh, I just kind of went off because I was a big WoW fan at the time um, before I got burned out on it. And um, so I picked that one and then I knew a lot about the, the backstory and stuff really put that into the design. And uh, they liked it, but from what I hear, Blizzard is slow on the hiring process. And um, I've also heard they're very well known for calling you back six months after your art test. And I actually didn't get like a no or a rejection letter. I just didn't hear anything back from them. And yeah. I've heard they'll, they'll call you six months later and be like, yo, you want that job? Yeah, they just publish you in expansion pack (laughs) and then switch out the heads. (laughs) That sucks. Oh, man. Do you have like a side-by-side shot? We got to use that. It's more the concept, really. Yeah. Uh, They wouldn't use the model, but I don't know. Maybe somebody saw the concept and inspired made something else. If I switch the head, it's my design. (laughs) I like my head. It was all evil. It might have been too evil for um for Blizzard. Yeah. Well, I, it sucks. Yeah. But at least it's just something that you can post on Art Station. <laughs> just put it side by side. Let the people decide. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that wasn't the route I took because I would have been on WoW. I probably wouldn't have got my ZBrush chops up as quickly. Right. Definitely not any like high res. Probably wouldn't have been doing any sub D modeling, none of that yeah. stuff. It's a lot of texturing. I'd be a really good painter though. I'd probably be a better painter. Yeah. A lot better painter. Well, you went to school in Southern California. Did you grow up in, in California as well? Oh, no. Um, I grew up in uh, a little place called Manchester, Massachusetts. East Coast? If anybody's thinking uh, uh, about that film, Manchester by the Sea, <laughs> Literally, that's the little town I grew up in. Oh, nice. Um, 
I haven't seen it yet. My mom saw it. She said, uh, oh, you got to watch it. You'll recognize every shot. She said you can see uh, our house off Main Street uh, oh, nice. in one of the shots. I was like, oh, it's crazy. But I heard it's really sad. And then uh, I did uh, the other half. I grew up in uh, another little town called Johnson City, Tennessee. I'm uh, in the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I went there, too, because it was just so, so boring that I just played video games and drew all day. And <laughs> pushed me to where I am now. Damn. So thanks, Tennessee. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, JC, for being boring and not giving me any fun stuff to do. Hey, but at least you stayed out of trouble and you did something constructive. Yeah, exactly. So let me, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. So are you, are you situated in, in Texas right now, Ben? Where, where's the... Oh, yeah. I'm in Austin, you know. In Austin? Okay. I love Austin. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty much good to go at Austin. Yeah. How many houses do you own? <laughs> yeah. Um, just, uh, well, we just had a kiddo, so we're getting ready to start the process of house hunting. We've, we've both been just so busy and we're still adjusting to, you know, having a kid schedule mm-hmm. that we, we haven't even had any time to like start looking because we know how much that's going to take. I understand, man. I understand. Well, congratulations on becoming a family. Uh, I said that to you on Facebook, but announcing it on the podcast, I haven't done. Oh, thank but, you. Yeah. So... I, I'm really interested in hearing about, you know, kind of like the story and your involvement in Darksiders. And I know the fans of the podcast definitely want to hear about that, too. Uh, really happy that THQ Nordic looks like they're going to continue the franchise. So this will be great timing to release with that news. Uh, but yeah, so take us through, man. How early on in the project did you join up? Uh, let's see. Man, um, I think we had one restart, kind of. So the beginning uh no levels were done uh they had a they had a demo that was done but the style in which it was done and they were like we are totally not going to do this mm-hmm. um uh when i showed up um my first day uh it was I'm walking through the hallways and i i still didn't know what i was going to be doing so I'm walking through the hallways and just looking on people's computer screens and I knew, I, I saw what was going down. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, like Christian was not lying when he said I dig it. Um, uh, in the beginning, it was more more so uh, Joe Mad's like proportions, uh, his, his aggressive angles and mm-hmm. silhouettes and then uh, with the topology treatment of like uh, then next gen yeah. <laughs> uh, spec norm diff yeah. maps on there. Um, we did uh, one level for that. It was the little subway demo that we did. That was like our first like press material that we used. I think I even got a, I got to do a little character. Uh, one of the little, I did the locust guys that fly around. Oh, the nice. most, the most annoying enemy in the game. <laughs> Actually, I got to do all the most annoying enemies in the game: the fish and the, the locust. Now that I think about, they start as annoying, or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of knew. <laughs> I knew when I saw the concept. I'm like, this is gonna be that thick that enemy that everyone hates. I'm just like, go away. 
and it was small, so I was like, you're not going to see it. They're just going to be annoyed by it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that uh, that first moment walking in there, I was like, I walked through, I met Paul, a concept artist, concept pit. The entire concept pit was filled with ridiculous veterans that have worked on projects that I played my whole life. Uh, met the environment team. Uh, met Joe and was not let down. Mm. Uh, I did not run into the never meet your heroes type situation. Joe is a super cool dude. He's kind of a recluse, but I mean, so am I sometimes. So, yeah. but he's he's nuts and he likes to have fun like I do. So, uh, me and him hit it off pretty good. Oh man. And I, uh, the GM is uh, not just like, I'm going to manage. He literally can do everything. He can model, he can code, he can animate. And uh, he was the one running the show. Uh, all the leads were there to prove something. Like, they didn't have, like, huge games under their belt. Some of them didn't even have any game, uh, games on their resume and ship titles. So I'm all, like, looking around, I'm all like, yeah, I feel good about this. Everybody's got fire, and they definitely want to put their all into it. And they totally, they totally did throughout the course of the entire project. Yeah, I remember following, uh, and I hate to just associate uh, Vigil with Joe Mad, but I know that Joe Mad was, you know, key in kind of getting that thing going. Um, I remember following his career when he was at NCSoft, you know, kind of putting together like Exarg, and I think uh, the other one was Dragon Card or something like that. Oh, what was that one? Yeah. But, like, you know, as a fan, you're like, oh, this is great. Joe Mad's getting into games, and you see all this great concept art, but then it doesn't come to fruition. Yeah. And they start Vigil, and then, you know, you start to see, like, some teaser stuff. You start to see demo, and you're like, oh, shit, it's really going down this time. And come to find out, you guys blew it out of the water. Like, I really think Darksiders was a great amalgamation of, like three games that people really, really enjoyed playing. You had like Zelda, you had God of War, and then some Portal sprinkled in towards the end. You know what I mean? Like, how can you lose with that formula? Yeah, the the Portal was like way last second. That was like way last second. <laughs> they needed a new puzzle like real quick, like towards mm-hmm. the end. Uh, going with the Zelda theme, picking up like you know, you get the gear that helps you. It's also mm-hmm. you know, it's a Metroid thing too. Mm-hmm. Um. I got to model a couple of those props as well. Uh, Tremor Gauntlet. Uh, oh, that was back when they used to do the old GameStop exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> if, you buy it, if you buy it at GameStop, you get an exclusive item. Yeah. Uh, I did that item as well, which was uh, the Death Scythe Scythe, which was like alt art for um, another long two-handed blade weapon in the game. I also made that one, I think, too. Oh, nice. I looked at my portfolio again. Uh, yeah, like, that was a good first gig. Like, I felt like I was in a room full of a bunch of professionals that still needed to, to prove something, mm-hmm. which was uh, inspiring. And uh, Christian... Christian Leitner, who wouldn't be the art director for the entire project uh, for the time that I had him, he was kind of like a... Are you familiar with the um, the Glenn Gary Ross test? No. 
So Share that's, it with our audience. That's a play. There's a movie. Uh, Google or YouTube, uh, Glengarry Ross, um, Alec Baldwin speech. Just Google that. So there's a scene where Alec Baldwin, it's a movie about sales. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin's like from a huge firm and comes into the building and this building sales are not too good. And he gives a really uh, just demoralizing, ass-crushing speech to these people. And it's, it's very negative. It's very uh, full metal jacket. Um, and uh, there's psychology papers written about this. But after he gives his speech, um, you can only have two reactions to uh, what he was doing. And one is you're either like, oh, you know, screw this. I quit. I'm not putting up with this crap. And mm-hmm. the other one is like, fuck that guy. I'm going to show this guy what's up. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a lot of that. It was just like, everybody's like, yeah, let's do this. this." And uh, Christian uh, Leitner kind of had that, yeah, that Alec Baldwin-esque, he crush you and then bring you back up. (laughs) He was was definitely a very, he he would challenge the shit out of you. And um, if it's not hard, if it doesn't hurt, you're probably not learning. And uh, he taught me a shitload real fast, like, Super, super fast. Probably, I probably learned more in the first three months there than I had my entire, like, three years in college. Like, it was just, yeah. it, it was it was a learning experience for sure. So getting an entry-level job is way better than going to art school. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I wouldn't give up the art school for anything. Like, yeah. the networking. I mean, Alan Emmerich's class alone. Oh, amen, man. Alan was, he was like the, he's like game industry 101. Yeah. Just his class alone was worth the tuition. Yeah. I still, I still use everything he's taught still yep. to this day, every day. Yeah. And it helps me out a lot. People are like, what the hell do you know about that? You know about marketing? You know about what? Like, yeah, I still, I still use own stuff every day. Yeah. I would definitely sign off on that if Alan got my tuition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trickle down. That's the only thing. Like he didn't get the bulk of it. So but I I totally agree the networking was fun. Um yeah. just I'm the where I'm at now. Where I couldn't just sit down at 3D Studio Max and go, All right, it's I'm gonna time. learn this. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't that many YouTube videos out at the time. Oh, no, yeah. Now you can. So if you're listening to this um, you can totally learn everything that we know just on YouTube. Yeah. That's how I learned how to play drums. After the fact, I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to play drums. I'm just going to YouTube it. Lo and behold, there's plenty of knowledge just on YouTube. YouTube is the greatest community college in the entire world, if you ask me. And it only costs uh, zero ISP per month. Yeah. Just, just a few ads, yes. Uh, you get ad block. You're cool. <laughs> I forgot they even have it. I've had Edwalker so long. <laughs> so, uh, when you were at uh, Darksiders, you came in pretty fresh meat. Oh, yeah. Total noob. And uh, I'm sure you, you started with other noobs as well, right? You weren't the only guy. Oh, let me think. Not until I got my buddy hired. Oh, okay. I was the noobiest guy. How, how big was the team when you came on? 
Oh, let's see. One, two, three, Reynolds, for me, Sean Bratz. Uh, I was higher number 11 or 12. Oh, wow. Pretty so, so you saw the team grew. Yeah, the environment team was me, Nick Reynolds, Sean Brack, and Gabe Espino. And that was it. At the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. So and was visual, oh. visual before was, it existed before, but more like an outsourcing company or something? No, they uh, they did more like the traditional route where they made uh, a demo. I think they were doing that uh, at their end of uh, NCSoft years. Okay. Uh, they put a demo together and then they went around pitching it. Uh, I think they pitched literally everyone and then THQ was interested. Uh, picked them up, bonded them, and then they started hiring up uh, at the proper pace uh, for a production cycle. So they were getting ready to ramp up doing uh, full, full-blown environments. So they hired just a brick of environment guys all at the same time. It was so, like first so, first wave. Yeah, so yes. Darksiders was their first first game that you guys worked on? That kind of thing? Yeah, that's the first game they did. What was your favorite part about that experience? Oh, man. I don't know. There's there's, there's so many. Uh, well, there's like the learning experience, the, the, the people I met that I still talk to today, um, the Christmas parties were the shit. <laughs> Even when we had like, they were like, you know, we're not going out this year. Everybody just brings some shit to work. And uh, you can find this on YouTube as well. It's on there. Um, the, the Christmas party. Um, me and uh, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Gary Bergeron, was a lighting artist. Uh, he was like, screw it, I'm going to bring my guitar in. I was like, well, I'm going to bring my drum set in then. Yeah. And we just went up to the top of the parking garage, found a wall socket plugged in, and just started jamming jamming out like we do at my house and then the rest of the studio came out and people brought out the coolers and come to find out there's like two other drummers and they're like yo can i have a have a go and and then i'm like damn we had like uh uh a guy named uh, tommy spampanato he played like a afrobeat type band uh here in austin they still Mm -hmm. play and he he ripped it up and then uh a, a jazz guy uh, got on there, and then at the end of, end of that, he was like, this, "I think this is the best day. This is the highlight of my career right here. Was today. This wow. was too much fun." So I was all like, "Oh damn, that's cool. Hey, that's, that's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> or depressing. Yeah, always like, like, oh, I, I like your response. It's like, oh, that's it's good. Oh, and I got a hug. <laughs> this is all right for me. This is a Wednesday for me. <laughs> best day of your life. Yeah. I think post. Oh man, I think I was at id. I was back home in Tennessee for Christmas break. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, army guy, uh, had another army buddy who's getting ready to go to Afghanistan. So he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna go down to the bar, drink with this guy." We go down there and uh, I meet him, have a couple of drinks, and then uh, we're talking about what we do. And he's like, "Oh, you were, oh, you do video games? What did you make?" And I said, "Darksiders," and his like eyes just got all wide, and then he just like hugged me. He's like, dude, that's one of my favorite fucking games, man. Yeah. He's like, I, I got every challenge. Like, you don't even know how much I play that game. 
and like that that moment too like when you get the feedback from the actual customer that you know you think back to when you were playing games and you were like oh man it was so fucking awesome and then you get to meet the guy who did it or helped help do it and uh yeah i was all like damn dude yeah let me buy you, let me buy you a drink man and he was like i'm buying you a drink i'm like man you're the one going off the war i'm buying you a drink yeah. so yeah that, that that moment stuck with me too So you were, what's what's great is that, well, you you managed to stay in one place for the last three jobs. It's congrats on that. <laughs> well, it was in Dallas. Yeah. Well, like you forget how big Texas state. is. I yeah. guess <laughs> it's way too big. I mean, but most people, like some guys I know, they go to mess. Uh, we go to like, uh, like our North Carolina. Guy. Yeah. Well, they, they, he worked over at Raven. Where is that at? Um, Wisconsin or something? Wisconsin, Wisconsin. We had a bunch of Raven Raven people at uh, Bone Vigil and at Ed. Yeah, and then after that, he went to Boston mm-hmm. for uh, Irrational. And then after that, he went to San Francisco to work with us at Sledge. So, like, it, that's pretty common for me the year, like, people moving around a lot for, for the next job. But you, you managed to stay in Texas. And not only that, you worked with one legend to the next like i don't know like carmack is a programmer you probably don't talk to him as much but i tried talking to him a bunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure carmack's a fun character man yeah yes. uh, he's he's uh he's on another level man of human being <laughs> like that guy like he's he's not happy with ceilings like he's always wanting to like you know uh push push the line right. like he's just he's just like you know elon musk and all those other guys like except he's in the games that way. and he is yeah he's he's on another level that guy he builds rockets in his spare time yeah <laughs> i was talking to him about he brought some videos in of him he went out to white sands which is out uh it's like 30 minute drive west of el paso there's like a missile base out there if you ever get a chance to go out there go out there it's like being on another planet it's like mm. all white sand everything is just pure white the bugs are white everything's white and you will get sunburned in places even though you can get sunburned in <laughs> and it's like being on the moon uh, he brought us some footage of him uh they had like gopros all over the rockets and they were hitting like lower atmosphere and there's yeah. there some cool footage and uh, yeah, I tried talking to him about that, but I I got lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've ever watched any of the Quake uh, Kong Carmack uh, speeches, like that guy can talk about something, spin off on a tangent for literally an hour and a half, and then bring the conversation all the way back around, pick up right where he left off, keep going, and we're still just like, what? The f- what is he talking about? <laughs> you have and to study. Why, I'm suing. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Good luck, Carmack, in the lawsuit. Yes, good luck, Carmack. It's just a bunch of interesting people that you meet in the industry that obviously love the industry enough to not be doing things like at NASA. <laughs> like, he can get... Well, he's well off, obviously. But being oh, able to build rockets in his backyard and stuff, like, he's able to do 
crazier things. I heard a story. He tried to uh, raffle off one of his cars at one of the QuakeCons to, I think it was the uh, Quake tournament leader. Uh-huh. And uh, what it was was a, uh, either, I'm pretty sure it was a Lamborghini, but uh-huh. he had, he modded the Lamborghini. What? Uh, apparently, you're not supposed to do Lamborghini. You will like disown you and not service your car ever again. But he's like, screw you. <laughs> and he like, Twin turbocharged his Lamborghini. It was like a monster, and uh, he uh, oh, man, wrapped that off. And uh, when you get when you get a prize, you gotta pay tax on it. Right. And the guy was like, "Excuse me, like, I can't pay tax on that car." So he he could he couldn't even give it away, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know what happened uh, to that car. He had one of those first uh, Tesla Roadsters too. If I won a Lamborghini, I would find a way. Like I'm, I'm making this happen. Just give me a couple hours, I'll be right back. Oh man, you don't even want to know what the like service intervals on those things are like. Oh, I, I do want to know. <laughs> I do want to understand know. until I learned. <laughs> I was getting work done in my car. They had a Lamborghini sitting there. I'm all like, what's what's up with this? I look in, eighteen thousand miles on it. Service intervals twenty thousand miles. Those cars are tuned so aggressively, like they change. You're you're gonna pay like one tenth a car every time you go in for an oil change. Yeah, because they do they this drop tranny and Craig's everything. <laughs> oh yeah, just don't take the car in. If you want to get a supercar, you're like a an Audi R8. Yeah, that's what everyone's doing, man. The Audi R8s are slowing down the sales of the Uricon. Oh really? Yeah. Apparently, that's like the most road-friendly, serviceable supercar on the market, where you can just go in and literally get oil changes. So that you know, well, we're gonna have to drop the transmission, replace yeah. you know a clutch disc because the car's tuned so high, you probably have burned it up. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> and then you know they take half the car apart and put it back together. Like it's like field stripping a rifle, but a car every time. Yeah, which is nuts. Well, speaking of rifles, you mentioned this before. You have a bunch of airsoft. I mean, it's, it sounds pretty clear that you like breaking things apart and studying them. Oh, yeah. Like, how has that been helpful with your, your career? Has that always been a curiosity that you've... I've always been breaking stuff. I get paid to break stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like taking things apart. I've been getting real heavy into, like... Uh, Especially with this job, because now I'm doing spaceships. They're like hyper-real. We model everything from the flight control stick to the outer hull to the toilet bowl. Like, it has to work. So now that I'm getting into that, I'm getting into, like, more industrial design type stuff. And, like, I just ordered some equipment so I could start doing, like, aluminum welding and start light. But, uh, yeah, I've been getting into, like, uh, actual fabrication a lot more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say the, uh, the Airsoft has, um, it totally, uh, it totally feeds my, uh, my car tweaking addiction. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's one and the same. I can just mess around with a gun that doesn't cost as much. Mm. Or I can buy, like, you know parts and a bunch of special equipment that cost way more uh yeah fun hobby uh also good exercise 
best best exercise is the exercise you're getting that you don't know you're getting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, oh, I got into that. I fell in love with that crap. Got one of the best fields in the United States out here. I was like, well, I guess I have to play again. Well, let me ask you this, man. Uh, do you still get opportunities to draw, or do you still find yourself enjoying, you know, 2D drawing anymore now that you're doing 3D a lot for your career? Oh, uh, yeah. I just, you know, they both kind of, they feed into each other. I yeah. notice when I draw, like, I'm thinking about things more from a modeling perspective. And, um, I mean, I have, uh, on the side, I do my own, I have my own project with uh, another uh, AI alumni, uh, Sos. Oh, Court, what up? Yeah, we got a little passion project we're working on. Off to the side, little unreal action. Oh, nice. I love that engine. Yeah. <laughs> so intuitive. Dude, yeah, so know. I've been doing a lot of drawing on that project, not so much uh, uh, Star Citizen. If I have to do anything in 2D, I usually do it like uh, digitally on a Cintiq, but I'll do uh, traditional sketching for uh, my uh, personal project and, you know, like I did my kid's uh, room decor. Drew that all. I actually did that all digital too, now I think about it. <laughs> and then I like projected it on the wall and hand painted it up there. Oh, nice. Another little digital trick I learned from the, the concept kit at Vigil. Work smart, not hard. It sounds like you played with like a number of different engines and still prefer one over the other. Is there a reason in particular? I mean, uh, I guess at Star Citizen, you're playing like with the modified Cry Engine and yeah, Tech is it? Engine, well, Lumberyard now, right? Uh, and then name of it like every day. I don't even know. I think it's a joke. I, I can't even tell. I think somebody changes it every other day. <laughs> It's, it's job security, man. <laughs> I don't know if it's a joke or it's for real. That's why I won't say like the names of what they were throwing around. But like every time that loading screen would pop up, it would say something different. I'm like, who the hell named that? <laughs> and then uh, I hear it. They're like, no, it's Lumberyard. And I'm like, is it Lumberyard? And they're like, well, we've modded it so much. It's kind of our own thing. And I'm like, okay, so it's not Lumberyard? And they're like, I don't think so. And we're like, no, oh, whatever. It's we like still uh, it, we still call it crying. It's like Android OS names, like ice cream sandwich and jelly bean and like yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, I mostly work with proprietary like school. We use Unreal. That was cool. Um, on my own free time, I used uh, the uh, TES Elder Scrolls construction set, uh, the Fallout editor, uh, Warcraft three. That was one of the easiest ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was real intuitive for anyone who's new. And if you're a, a fan of, you know, game industry trivia, uh, a lot of a lot of games came out of that that engine as mods for Warcraft, like Dota and mm-hmm. uh, Tower Defense. Yeah. A lot of those popular games are in there. I mean, the yeah, the MOBA genre. Came yeah. out of Warcraft 3's engine. Modded out of there. But yeah, Vigil we used uh, Oblivion Ed, which was written by the GM, uh, David Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good engine to use. 
um, and then in tech by uh, John Carmack. Mm-hmm. And if you know John Carmack, he's a uh, very smart programmer. And if you're an artist, you might not understand everything <laughs> right off the bat. You got to get into it. Mm-hmm. And CryEngine is very robust as well. But uh, yeah, I've been gravitating towards uh, Unreal a lot just because they did such a good job with that engine. And then they were just like, yeah, it's free, whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you sell anything, you know, we'll take a cut, whatever. I was cut like, a little piece off the back end. Yeah, they started like a little a little thing where they're just like, it's free, go. And then other companies are like, yeah, you know, we're also free, yes. <laughs> I think Unity does that model too, don't they? So, so Unity actually did it for Unreal. But they? when Unreal did it, it was like, oh, you know, because everyone was paying like a million dollars for a license of the Unreal engine. Yeah. And you might get like a sneak uh, they peek have of what Unreal could do with UDK. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of indie titles. Well, even yeah. now, man, as far as indie goes, Unity is like. Still Unity is king. Unity is king. So Unreal. And this is something that's interesting, too. Maybe at some point we can talk about this on the roundtable if you ever want to come on. Oh, yeah. But the, like, Unreal, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of figuring out on their part. I mean, they have a robust engine and fun tools to use, but, you know, their market share as far as, like, how many AAA games are using Unreal anymore, it's kind of difficult to, to count now. Everyone kind of has their own thing. I still prefer Unreal. Because out of the box, it feels like I always compare it to 3D Max versus Maya. Like Maya is more Unity. Unity is like uh, nickel and diamond. Every tool, <laughs> it seems like if you like this feature, yeah. you should buy it uh, <laughs> on our user store. But uh, Unreal out of the box, it feels like everything's ready to go. It's super intuitive. Like a lot of people, um, a lot of good artists that were in went to work in uh uh i think south carolina right raleigh mm-hmm. i think it's raleigh um and they they're not even working on a game they just work for unreal as you know an artist and then they tell them stuff about the engine like yo uh if i was an artist doing environments i would expect this to be here and if i right click here it should be this and i, I think that's why it ended up being so because i literally like opened that engine i was like i it'd be cool if i could take like a high-res screenshot without doing any weird oh there it is and it's just like first click wherever i thought it was going to be i'm like oh it's right there and they're like how big do you want it click the slider and they're like well how big is that and they're like it's really big and we kind of click the slider, we're going to double it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, super intuitive. Um, uh, good good results, really quick. Um, lots of videos out there. Lots of people making content for it. Lots of people selling content for it. That'll, you know, speed up your development process. I know a lot of people work on their own independent projects and, I mean, you can get on the store and you can buy an animation pack for a full character locomotion set for yeah. twenty twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's so much work cut out of your budget, right? Like, if you were to produce those animations yourself and hook them up to the rig, yeah. Oh man, you would much rather spend twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, it's your hourly salary. 
times how long it would take you to do that. Yeah. Versus twenty nine ninety nine. Yep. And maybe tweaking it. Yeah. You'll probably have to tweak it a little bit. Uh, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. I'm using the Unreal Marketplace like pretty pretty hard right now for a project that i'm working on so i know the beauty of having other professionals do the hard work and i can just a la carte build like a game so oh yeah my only complaint is like every time and they update that shit with a quickness <laughs> every time they do an update they add either like a feature that made some shit you already did way easier mm-hmm. or they add something that puts what you already did like back and you're like oh fuck we should totally do it that way yeah and we can do it in five minutes but it's like every time it it updates it was uh, just a suite of cool shit yeah that totally breaks your fucking game yeah you got to commit to your engine version and like really hold on to that and just don't look at the patch notes and yeah just we don't look at the patch notes we'd only update like every four i think every four drop we would we're like all right let's update mm. we wait for something that was like completely significant because we didn't want to bug fix every single it's every month yeah. every month they would update that thing and it would break shit Dang. but they were uh, always adding enough stuff to make the pain worth it I hope Epic hears this oh, if anyone in the you know North Carolina area or knows Epic please send them this podcast let them hear straight from the consumers that's right the way they handle that engine is just keep doing what you're doing <laughs> you're doing great <laughs> well Street Fighter was beautiful. Oh yeah. Speaking of doing great <laughs> You you've been in Austin for a while. It seems like you're collecting all the major studios over there under your belt. Uh I mean starting out, did you have a different way of thinking of what the industry is like? Has that changed in, in any way, positive, negatively? Uh, has it made you better, made you worse? Are you a, as excited as before? You know, I mean, this is, you graduated around the same time we did. So it's a decade long type of experience here, reflecting back. Yeah, that's 10 years in December. Yeah. Or wait. That's two life terms right there. 10 years. Of an industry, uh, general industry guy. So I, Reflecting back, how has it been retrospectively? Uh, it's been good. I mean, I had my ups and downs, um, but even when I was at, you know, the lower end of the spectrum in the game industry, I was still learning things. Mm-hmm. So always, even even when the shit sucks, <laughs> and, and not the like, you know, oh, I'm learning things and this sucks because I'm working OT, like, I'm talking like when shit sucks. Like, you'll still be learning things. You'll realize it later. How suck is suck? You don't have to be naming names or anything. Yeah, like, I learned, uh, there's, like, a a saying, like, money isn't everything. And you might get an offer to go work on something, and you'll go work on it, and then it's everything else is wrong. Mm -hmm. And... Money will not get you through that. It, it totally will not. This is office politics and stuff. Oh yeah, there's, there's there's a different brand of office politics. No matter where you go, you're never gonna avoid it. Um, you just gotta find the one that works for you. Yeah. Um, where I'm at now, 
I'm quite removed from from any politics. I would say, like, I'm I feel respected at my job mm-hmm. now. Currently, I feel uh, definitely the absolute opposite of like cog in the machine type thing. Like, I feel needed and essential, and uh, I get uh, constant feedback from uh, the community, which is uh is really cool like i can't like i need that i i strive for feedback whether it's negative or positive because that's how that's how you grow that's how you get better you'll get worse if nobody's telling you you're you're messing up you won't get any better if people aren't giving you critiques and uh and yeah you get your critiques in different ways I like them. Uh, I like them harsh, and I like them polite. But I definitely prefer them harsh. Yeah, I like the full metal jacket approach. And you're a tough dude. Who was the harshest critique you've had on your work in your career? Oh man, I was definitely uh, who was serious. Um, as Christian Lighten. he was all over me. <laughs> it, was, it was like full metal jacket. I mean, that's what's burned into my brain. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's a super nice guy. Like, but when it comes to work, as long as you know, it's not personal. Like he will get you, he will get you good. If you listen, mm-hmm. if you, if you listen and follow his instructions and take it in, like you'll, you'll get real good, real fast. But if you get, if you're like, man, that guy's a dick and, and you quit, then it's, it's game over for you. Yeah. You're, you're losing out. Yeah, like, you gotta like, you gotta you gotta filter some of the your mom is this, uh, <laughs> you amount to nothing. You gotta listen between the words. <laughs> it's like you know, it's not personal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't know my mom, so you're just being generalizing. <laughs> uh, I get it though. Daniel's son didn't know when he was waxing the Cadillac or painting the fence that it was going to lead to a karate championship. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you always, you always remember your your hardest harshest critics. It seems you know I mean? that burns your brain because you're always like looking that for approval. It's just that much sweeter. It's like the Gordon Ramsay effect. It's like Mike Tracy. Yeah. Anybody knows Mike Tracy from AI? Mike he, oh, yeah. he was gotcha. stereotype ass ball buster. Yeah. Like, if he walked over to your shit, looked over at your screen and went, huh, and walked off, that meant you, you don't suck. That meant you were safe. You were holding your breath that whole time. Hopefully you didn't pass out. But I seen him, I saw him make people cry. Mm-hmm. And the point of it was don't stop. That was the only point. And that's like the biggest thing I've learned is like you can only fail if you quit. Dude, Just keep doing it and paying attention and Mike, even when Mike Tracy straight up says stop you should stop <laughs> <laughs> that means you should be if you listen yeah like watch military movies they do that shit too they'll be like you should quit you should drop out just do it and the ones who don't are like Not they becoming like the heroes and shit yeah Dude, Mike Tracy, if you're not in his class and you're just talking to him, one of the nicest guys ever. Oh, yeah. You're in his class. That shit is like whiplash. Yeah, it is. It's totally whiplash. <laughs> like, that was his shtick. Like, yeah. 
he he cared about what he was teaching and the industry you were going to be going into so much that he didn't he told you the truth like he'd tell you like straight to your face like yo you got about six years of hard work before you're even gonna potentially get a job mm-hmm. so think about that if you're okay with that keep going but there were other people who'd be like you're wasting your parents money you're like, oh shit! <laughs> you wasted like, oxygen in this room. Yeah, you're taking the oxygen from the, my better students. Yeah. <laughs> I like Tracy. I'm I'm, I'm drawn to uh, uh, what do you call it? Sadism or yeah, like, uh, I don't know what it is. That shit is that shit's funny to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I liked him. I was like, come on, come on, bring it. No, I totally get it. Like I. I'm always struggling with that, like as if, like, am I too nice? Uh, like, I'm not, I'm not mean enough in my critique. But like for me, it's like as soon as I see a student like squinting in pain, I was like, ah, okay, let's, <laughs> let's pull the punch back. He's about to die. Yeah, that's my motto. Like, if you don't quit, that's that's the only way to fail. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's quitting. If you stop, then it's over. Oh. You just keep going. Just keep going. Even after the lights are off, the crowd has gone home. You've already pinned the scores on the scoreboard. It's still not over. Yeah. It's up to you to decide. And if you're not learning anymore, go somewhere where you can learn more. I found found in my industry journeys, when I started feeling like really fucking comfortable and like, Mm -hmm. I was just like crapping artwork out and not even thinking about it. And mm-hmm. Everybody's like, yeah, you did a great job. Good job. You want me to change anything? No, don't change a thing. That's perfect. <laughs> That's when I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah. That's when I start kind of jonesing for like, a, it's like, ah, I'm going to jump somewhere. I don't even know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Just so I can, I want to learn something. I don't know. Broaden, broaden my, uh, my knowledge base, be a little bit more versatile. Well, it sounds like you appreciate a life of growth and abundance as far as education and knowledge and application of education and knowledge is concerned. You know, if you get to a point where you know everything, then you're stagnant your life, right? Like your day to day is exactly the same. Yeah. Like that's like one of my primary motivators is growth. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it needs to be a constant like in my life, I'm not ready to retire. When I'm ready to retire, is when I'll just be like, you know, I'll hit the fuck it button and just sit in a chair and chill out. <laughs> hit the fuck it button, aka retirement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. Um, yeah, like I don't know. It's it's just something about learning. Like I, I'll get I'll get bored with something once I know it inside and out, and then I'm like. I'm, just, I'm like, I'm like, I need to break something else and figure out how it works. And just, and just keep pushing. Hopefully I don't work for like NASA one day. I don't, don't want to work there. Hey man, it keeps your brain young to always tinker, to always be inquisitive and try to figure stuff out. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. Keeps soft tissue soft. I'm always going to be a child. <laughs> the really tall old child. <laughs> You guys are making me feel lazy. I'm the Netflix and chill guy. Oh, so am I. <laughs> I change, but when you know, when when I'm not too busy. 
Yeah, there's there's definitely a certain aspect to the game developer. I think when it comes to other factors, when it gets complicated and stuff, you kind of just like the idea of... Like, for me at least, like, my my regular job and stuff, I, I kind of want to be able to go there and do what I need to do. But then my energy kind of goes into what's, what's after work, you know? Like, what, how can I push myself? What, what kind of projects can I tinker with? And that's probably why, you know, even with all this stuff, that you're doing stuff with your friends on the side just to get things going. So I think yeah. every, every developer, at least at this stage, when they're like about five years plus or ten years plus, they're seeing how scary this industry can be if you stay expired. <laughs> like if you, if you get, oh, yeah. you, you oh, get outdated yeah. real quick. So I think in, in any way, in any aspects of your life, for your career, either at work or after work, you know, you should push yourself in some way because yeah, the students that are coming out nowadays, man, super impressive. Very good oh my stuff. God. Super passionate, super cheap. <laughs> yeah. The, the last way the young hires at the, uh, at CIG, like, I'm just like, Jesus, what the hell? I was like, did you go to school? They're like, no. I'm like, God, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the worst. We got this that don't guy. go to school at all. Yeah. That kid is a fucking genius. He's just good. He just gets it. And he's not like, he's also like, he's not a dick. And that's, that's the other part of it. Like, that's disappointing. You can be good and then you develop like a shitty personality about it. And that, that can get you no job real fast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's still small industry and uh, that'll get you no job real fast. Um, I just try to be who I am at all times, and if I don't get a job because of who I am, that just I don't I don't I don't see that as a bad thing because you know if you didn't hire me because of who I am, then I don't I don't want to work there. <laughs> I don't want to be around people who don't want you know this crazy animated dude. I'm very cheerleader at work, so I mean if they're looking for a heads down kind of guy. And they don't hire me because I'm, you know, during the interview, then, I mean, I'm interviewing them, too, during the interview. Mm -hmm. Like, if if I can't get people to laugh, then I I start getting nervous, (laughs) especially during an interview. And that's why I knew CIG was a good fit, because it went from an interview, like, to not an interview in three minutes. Like, it was just us just... Whoa, whoa, Josh, why are you have your pants down, man? <laughs> it <getting> nervous. <laughs> it just Gotta turned into a shift real quick, like, total HR violation type <laughs> and no, I'm like, you, yeah, yeah, I like this place. <laughs> I hope they hire me. Yeah. Gotta keep it light in some way, yeah. Any place that's too serious, usually you feel it right away, which is weird, right? Oh, yeah. That's totally true. In our creative industry, you can't have a very serious place. I guess it depends. Like, there's times where it's good. I think at Vigil, they called it focus time. Focus Focus. time. Yeah, like, it wasn't crunch time. It was focus time. And literally all it was was just an email that the GM would send out. He's like, hey, guys, it's focus time. And all that meant was, like, you know, don't get on YouTube as much. Don't talk as much. Oh my god! And and Dave knew that was total bullshit <laughs> because it's it's essential, especially in the office that we were in. It was yeah. all enclosed offices, so 
you were encouraged to get up, walk around, and you know, talk to people, see what you're doing, you know, mm-hmm. help out, like ask questions, da 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 da. But he was just like, dude, it's hilarious. I send out that email, and we get like, like, fucking thirty five percent more work done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just from that email going out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, what's scary is it's not so much that you're getting more work done, you're getting more work back, right? Because like that means that yeah. people were not doing work if you... <laughs> yeah, it's like... You're reclaiming work hours. <laughs> I always yeah. thought, that, I thought the email was funny because it's like, it's like uh, just because when you boil it down, it just says, hey guys, new job. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's what I've been doing. Honestly, <laughs> man, when I see a type of email like that it's my first sign it's like oh it's time to get the fuck out <laughs> it's time to leave <laughs> and that's what that time is you would use that because it always gets worse like, it's like mandatory that. crunch time it's yeah. meant like he didn't like using the word crunch because Come on. crunch time is eh. but you're treating employees as kids it's like come on who are you fooling but when I think back to it, like the crunch time, the deal was like some of the most fun I've ever had. Like, right. I, I'm like, I got physically injured having such a good time that I will have for the rest of my life. Like, we did a, don't ever do this, by the way. Uh, we were doing Pilates ball jousting, <laughs> like with a like 150 foot hallway, and I got totally wrecked. Like, I you're did like, like you're, a three what are you? Kneecap, yeah, kneecap right into a steel uh, door frame, and oh. now I know uh, I know 15 minutes before it's about to rain every time. Oh man! Yeah, I tore something in my leg, but you know I I do it again. Well, uh, one last question for you, man. If you have one piece of advice for somebody who's interested in following in your footsteps, potentially either the concept art side or in the 3D modeling side, but they haven't done either, I guess what would your advice to that individual be if they're about to get started and you want to say like, hey, this is going to save you some time or this will be the biggest headache. Like what's your one golden nugget that you can give to to Josh before he became Josh? You may think you know what you want to do. Like you may think you want to be a concept artist, uh, go in, learn as much as you can about the entire palette that makes up a game studio, mm-hmm. and you will find that uh, you might not be the most competitive concept artist out there, but you will notice that knowing about concept art to a certain level will make you a better for you modeler. Don't don't be don't be scared of those other jobs. There's there's glory in all fields, mm-hmm. like tech artists. You'll never be out of a job being a tech artist. Those are some of the smartest guys I've ever met. They get paid the most, and everybody like they always get hired first. So uh, sample sample everything and then make a decision later. Like I thought I knew what I wanted before I got in, and you won't find out until later. You might the type of person that wants to do multiple things so um just don't quit just keep doing it if right. you, have to, you have to switch up your role do it don't be scared just don't be, scared, do don't quit. Don't be intimidated either or it's don't a- do it because you're weak <laughs> you suck <laughs> only <laughs> the weak <laughs>
that that settles it. Yeah. All right, well, Mr. Josh Coons, if you look at your handy stopwatch that we sent you a week before we did this podcast, I hope you got it, by the way, you will notice that we have been podcasting for over an hour, my friend. Yeah. Which means you have successfully completed the challenge, and your reward on this day is you get to talk directly to our audience and promote or shout out or raise awareness for something that you're really excited about, something you're involved in, or you just think people need to go check out. So without further ado, the floor is yours. So I actually haven't even like told anybody. I don't. I don't have any. Uh, nobody knows I'm connected to this yet, except for smart people that figured out because they saw my T-shirt. Um, we're not really live or public yet, but uh, uh, like I said earlier, uh, me and a buddy, a good friend of mine, Fort Sost, uh, uh we started up a little little side project. Uh, we've already got a CEO name. We've got a Facebook page. Uh, it's called Torn Asunder Games. Uh, name of our, our little operation. Working on a little passion project. So uh, we both had children. It's going to be a little bit. You want to help out? Give me a holler. Um, give you some experience. Help us out with our game. Get out faster. There's just two people working on it right now. Um, and uh, also... Uh, uh, check out the shit CIG is doing. Um, I see stuff coming out there. We have multiple studios, so um, I get to see things for the first time, like the consumer sees. And uh, the stuff I'm seeing this company put out is uh, literally shit I didn't think was possible. I would literally say this does this isn't gonna run. This is stupid. And then it, it runs at 60 frames a second. I'm like. Oh man, <laughs> this is something different. Yeah, it, it feels like old school uh, Doom One days where you know you're going to be buying a new computer so you can play this. So uh, keep tabs on it. Um, all the all the backers and supporters of CIG, uh, you make it you make it possible. So I mean, I can't thank you enough. You pay for you pay for my son's food, man. I can't, I can't thank you anymore than saying thank you. All right, maybe I'll give you a free ship or something if I can do that. <laughs> they don't even give me free ships. <laughs> I just make them. Well, man, if can you repeat uh, the name of your Facebook page one more time so listeners can go check you guys out? It's uh, Torn Asunder. It's the name of our. We go by Torn Asunder. We've got copyrights on pretty much every variation of that, but it's. Uh, uh, Facebook, 2700 games. All right. 2700? Is that, am I hearing it correct? Torn asunder. It's going for some apocalyptic. And that was the, the bottom of the apocalypse barrel. No worries. Listeners, just check in the show notes and you'll see the link underneath the SoundCloud link or on this post on Facebook, wherever you find it. I'll make sure that we have the link posted. So go ahead and look down there. But you know what time it is? You see the light, it's looking bright. I'm Larry Charles, I'm saying goodnight. This is Brandon Fab. see you guys next week. Later, y'all. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash Unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash Unchained.